With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Episode 76 of Cowboys Ride for Free, the podcast. My name is Joel Penfield, and as always, I'm joined by Philip Slavin. How are you doing this evening? Uh, happy Halloween. I am not wearing a costume. Neither am I. I- I'm a poor college student. Can I go with that? I'm just lazy. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I've reached the age where I'd rather hand out candy to kids and look at their costumes than actually have to put one on. Yeah, I'm, I I kind of reached that point as well. I'm just very eh on it. And uh, I'm too poor to go out to the bars or too lazy to put on a costume. So I'll just chill in here for the night and watch the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. And, oh, you know, I love me from Charlie it. Brown. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, my, my roommate pulled that up a, a couple hours ago, and we were very excited uh, when that came on. It was a good little uh, nostalgic moment for us. See, All right, that's I guess the holidays. Let's... Like, Christmas, it's not Christmas to me, mm-hmm. to me until I watch... Uh... The Charlie Brown Christmas special, like it's just oh, like, that's such a good one too. Yeah, the, that's that's the good stuff right there. I always fear the day that aluminum trees come back into style. <laughs> oh man! All right, well, I guess let's let's get right into it. Oklahoma State's got a game 11 a.m. on Saturday against Baylor. Uh, this is a big test for Oklahoma State, not necessarily because this is a you know I think this is a winnable game, but this is pretty much proving, hopefully, to prove that. Uh, Texas wasn't a fluke and that Oklahoma State didn't just ride the high of it being a night game for homecoming and find a way to hold on for victory and then obviously then lead to an inevitable uh, letdown on Saturday. So what are your thoughts on this game and what do you think about uh, what do you think about Saturday so far? Well, it is a, a really big game um, for a number of reasons. You're right. It's not like Saturday homecoming home crowd on your side. This is an 11 a.m. game on the road it's it's not the atmosphere is not going to be the same so i I do think that i do think that osu was riding off of the atmosphere a bit at the start of the texas game the big question for me is was texas a fluke or not because there's two ways to look at it you could look at it as osu came out and did something completely different against texas in the first quarter and dominated texas for a quarter um and then they kind of went back to the normal ways because the rest of the game, they just weren't really weren't offensively all that good. And they had done enough, did enough to get the win. You could also look at it as OSU came out in the first quarter, had a great game plan. Then Shane Richards got hurt. They weren't able to get the push on the offensive line. They weren't able to run the ball as well. And things kind of fell apart. And then Texas made some adjustments and was able to climb back into the game. So there's two ways to look at it. It's that things happen to kind of derail what Oklahoma State was doing well for the rest of the game, but they were still able to hang on. Or you could look at it as OSU did something they didn't normally do. They came out in the first quarter and looked awesome and fed off the crowd and fed off the energy and the excitement leading into the game. 
and it was the perfect storm and they did enough to win. So I'm curious how they're going to handle coming out 11 a.m., not the same size of crowd, opposing teams, home field, how they're going to react to that and if they're still going to be able to show the offensive output. Um, yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, I, I think that it's definitely going to be a very different atmosphere, so you got to wonder if they're going to be able to adjust to it because I think it's going to be a, kind of a similar late-arriving crowd to what we saw at Kansas State because I was watching on TV, and that place was dead at the first part of that game. So they got to be able to get up for this game. And Baylor has not had that great of crowds as I've seen a couple of pictures from the 11 a.m. kicks that they've had so far this year, and it's not great. So it's going to be interesting if they're going to be – they have to they have to outplay Baylor early because the crowd's not going to be in the game whatsoever, at least early on. Obviously, if Baylor gets a lead, it's going to be able to swing in the other direction. So we're going to see we're going to see if any adjustments are made. But if Oklahoma State can come out and have a similar game plan to what they did against Texas, I can see Oklahoma State winning this game because I think it suits Cornelius's abilities. And we saw that obviously he played one of his best his best game of the season, I think, against Texas, playing a game where he you know was able to limit mistakes and make the plays when they needed him to, and not ask him to do too much. And that seems to be working. If we can get guys like Justice Hill, Chuba Hubbard in early, I think uh, Baylor's giving up almost 190 yards on the ground on average uh, so far this season. So that bodes well, at least for the run offense of Oklahoma State. Now that also has to uh, do to the fact that Shane Richards may not play. That could be a little bit of a concern, but I think if Oklahoma State can run the ball effectively, I feel pretty good. Yeah, there's a, there's a few things I think to note about this game. Um, some positive for OSU. Uh, Baylor is one of is giving up uh, the most sacks in the Big 12. Uh, They are currently ranked 120th, allowing 3.25 sacks a game. Now, OSU is getting up 2.8, but Baylor is worse. They've given up uh, 26 sacks through eight games so far. So Baylor's given up sacks, and OSU loves to get in the backfield and sack the quarterback. So from that standpoint, defensively, you got to feel good about that. Throw in the fact that you're still not sure if Charlie Brewer is going to play in this game or not. He still has one final test, a written test, to pass this week uh, that I think is going to be Thursday or Friday to determine whether or not he's going to be able to start. If he doesn't, I believe it's McClendon who will start at quarterback. He's not as good as Charlie Brewer, period. He's not. Charlie Brewer is the best quarterback on that roster, and he's one of the better quarterbacks in the Big 12. If Brewer doesn't play, I do think that's an advantage for OSU. I don't think this is a Kansas State's playing a – fifth string former walk-on wide receiver situation. I think if Brewer plays, it's Baylor's going to be in a better spot. I do think there's one other thing to note about this, and it's comparing the difference between Texas and Baylor. Now, Texas is obviously a better team than Baylor is, period. Um, but I think Texas came into that game against Oklahoma State with a completely different mindset than Baylor's coming into this one. Baylor's goal this season is to make a bowl game. Right now, they are at four wins. They've got four wins with four games left to go and the two best chances for them to get to six wins to get two wins are this week against Oklahoma State at home and in two weeks against TCU at home otherwise they've got at Oklahoma State or sorry they've got at Iowa State next week and then they've got that neutral site game against Texas Tech at the end of the season if you look at their schedule they know this is one of the best chances they have to get another win to try and get to bowl eligibility They are going to want to win this game. They are going to be ready to win this game, and they are going to be needing to win this game if they want to reach that six wins that they're really hoping to to get back to a bowl game. So OSU better be ready for that because I believe Baylor's going to come out and they're going to be ready to play, and they'll probably throw everything they have at OSU the same way they did Texas. Now, they came up short against Texas, 
But if they play well against OSU, this game really scares me. This is the yeah, game I'm, before the season started. I I've just circled as the trap game. I still don't like it. Yeah, I'm with you. And I think Charlie Brewer's health is going to play a huge factor in this game. If he's able to play, that guy can sling it. And he, he he's one of the better quarterbacks in the Big 12. You and I have talked about that a lot. Um, I, I think if he can play, then this game's going to be pretty close. When Jalen McClendon went in against West Virginia, they almost had to abandon the, the ability to throw the ball, and they ran a ton of zone read. He didn't throw the ball effectively against West Virginia, and even then, they, their offense was just in a completely bad spot there, and they got housed on that last Thursday against West Virginia. My biggest thing is I wonder what Oklahoma State's going to be able to do again against the passing game, and even I know I kind of mentioned that with Charlie Brewer and Jalen McClendon, but if Brewer can play, he has two good weapons on the outside, and Denzel Mims and Jalen Hurd. Um, Last year, Denzel Mims was having a great season, and he came into Oklahoma State, and A.J. Green or Darius Williams shut him down at two catches for 25 yards. It was something like that. So if they can make them only have one main guy to go after, uh, especially like with a guy like Jalen Hurd, even though he's one of the better players in the conference, you give them one guy, I feel pretty good about the way the defense is going to play, especially with their ability to get after the quarterback. Um, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Um I don't know. It, it's kind of a weird game for me. I've kind of felt like Oklahoma State can win, and I haven't necessarily wavered from that. But going down to Waco just kind of gives me a weird feeling as we've been talking about it. Can win and going to win are two different things. I absolutely think Oklahoma State can win this game. I think right. they have the weapons to win this game. They showed that against Texas. You saw what Justice Hill could do when he had an offensive line that was working. You saw what Tylen Wallace can do, period. Against anybody? I... You saw what Chuba Hubbard could do when they were running two back sets and getting those guys out in space. Chuba and Justice were doing well. When the offensive line was getting pushed, Chuba and Justice were great. They asked Taylor Cornelius to do what Taylor Cornelius could do well, and he succeeded at it. Now, he wasn't perfect. Tylen saved him on a few of those passes, let's be honest. But he had a really good game, and he had probably one of the best games of the season. This team can win in Waco. There's no question about that. The question is, will they? That's the issue I have. I still don't know what this team is. If it's what we saw in the first half against Texas, I feel good. If they come out like that, OSU will win. I, I hands down believe it. They'll give up some long touchdown throws. Um, the way Baylor's offense runs, they're gonna they're gonna go with the deep ball. They've got the pieces to do it, especially if Charlie Brewer's at quarterback. And OSU has a penchant for giving up the deep ball, but we knew that coming into the season with Jim Knoll's defensive style. Um, I am I am nervous about this game. I am. I, we'll make picks at the end of the podcast, but man, I just, I, I'm at this moment right now still waffling on what I think is going to happen. I mean, I would be remiss if I were to say I wasn't nervous about every Oklahoma State game, even if I know they're going to win by four touchdowns. So it's just kind of par for the course at that point for me. But this is the game that Oklahoma State should win, and it's a, a chance to get to a bowl game at, that, at this point. This will be the sixth win. So then you're able to salvage out what two weeks ago no one really thought was possible. So there's the opportunity for that, and I think that's going to play a big role in Oklahoma State continue to just keep things rolling, and maybe they find something that clicks, and maybe that's kind of what it, where it all came together for them is last week, and if they win this week, I feel I don't necessarily feel good going into Norman, but I at least feel better with Oklahoma State coming back against West Virginia and then at TCU to end the season to maybe win uh, three out of four to end the season. Now that's very optimistic, but I don't think it's that out of the realm of possibility if they played the way they did against Texas. Yeah. I, it really is a question of which OSU team, OSU team is going to show up on Saturday. Is it yep, the one that absolutely. showed up against Texas or the one that showed up against Texas Tech, Iowa State, and Kansas State? That's 
because that's really moving forward the rest of the season. Whichever team shows up is going to decide if OSU goes to a bowl game or not. Yeah, absolutely. So do we just gonna want to go ahead and make predictions instead of rambling and waffling uh, with it? No, I'd rather make predictions for uniforms before I have to make game predictions. All right, let's go with uniform predictions. What you got? Oh, going on the road, 11 a.m. game. Um, Man, you know, I, I really I, I want to see the badge. I don't know where it's been. They put it out. They loved the badge. Now they seem to, to pull away from it. And I love the brand. Don't get me wrong. And I like Pete. But I need some badge, man. I need to see the badge again. I would love to see badge on white helmet, white jersey, and uh, and orange pants this weekend. That's exactly what I wanted to see as well. I wanted to see white, white, orange with the badge. We had the exact same thought here. I just, I, I liked it. When the badge first came out, people were a little bit, Eh, about it and i liked it and i still i, li- I, I it like too. the badge i'd like to see the badge um the only other way i'd say is if they want to go black white black which i think would look really good that would look good too i wouldn't mind that at all um, but i'd like the badge that's my big thing is i just want to see it again when are we mm. why are you hiding it from me give me the badge man yeah, they've worn it a couple times. They've worn it with the Ed Hardy helmet, so I don't want. That I think Hardy. it's been kind of shadowed by it. I don't want Ed Hardy. I just want. The I don't. Hardy. I don't either. I'm just saying that's a couple times that they've worn it the last helmet. few. Helmet. Absolutely. Yep. So I think we're we're in agreement here. So now let's see if we're in agreement to the game. Ah, What's your score? What do you got? Um. Given the fact that I have one policy for when a team gets blown out in a game. People always assume they're not going to be any good. But if I'm a team with any self-respect and I just got blown out, I'm going to put everything into my next game to prove that that's not who I am. That's the other thing that concerns me about this game is Baylor's coming off just getting bushwhacked, manhandled, embarrassed by West Virginia. And West Virginia's really good, but I don't care who you are. You're not okay getting beat like that. With that in mind, I'm going to take OSU in this one. I think it's a close game. I really do. I think that I don't trust OSU to make forced turnovers. They really haven't that much this year. So I'm not going to rely on that. I'm going to say the secondary does a pretty good job. A.J. Green has another solid performance. Um, The offensive line is able to get a little bit of a push against a not-as-good defensive front in Baylor. And that OSU is able to come away with a, let's see, I don't trust them not to have to kick field goals either. Let's go 34-28 win. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking somewhere right along those lines as well. I think Oklahoma State's going to be able to get after the quarterback, and I think that's going to make a difference in the game. That could, you know, a couple sacks here and there could be the difference between a field goal and a punt. So I think if Oklahoma State can get a couple of key, you know, three and outs or a few key sacks on third down. I think that'll be the difference in the game. I think the offense is going to play well enough. And once again, to keep Oklahoma State in the game, I don't think they come out firing the same way that they did uh, in the first half, especially against Texas. But I think they're going to be able to do it methodically enough to still put up over 30. I'm going Oklahoma State 35-27. Um I think, I think they're going to be able to do well. I think Cornelius, once again, is going to play well enough. I don't think he plays a turnover-free game this time, but I don't think it's going to be crucial enough that it loses Oklahoma State the game. The other thing to keep an eye on, you could argue their two best games this season were against Boise State and Texas. Mm-hmm. 
Those are also their least penalized games of the season. They had four penalties against Boise State and four penalties against Texas. Every other game, they've had at least seven. And a lot of them have been eight and nine. That is something to keep an eye on in this game. Because if they revert back to seven, eight, nine penalties, shooting themselves in the foot and killing offensive drives, we'll be back right back to what we saw against Kansas State, Iowa State, and Texas Tech. Because that is what has killed them more than anything. Is No, the offense hasn't been great. But every time they've stayed, seemed to gain a little bit of offensive momentum, penalty, penalty, penalty. And it has killed them time and time again. So if they can keep the penalties down, if they've figured out whatever the problem was and fixed that in the bye week, we'll find out for sure. But if they go back to being penalty prone again, I don't care what they do offensively, they will lose this game. Yeah, and playing clean on the road is important as well because penalties like that can get the crowd back into it as well and give them a little bit of momentum to get a, get under your skin a little bit. So if Oklahoma State can find a way to stay play the game clean. Cornelius plays well enough. Defense keeps them on, you know, uh, defense plays well enough. I think if Oklahoma, like I've said, just across the board, I think Oklahoma State, they play well enough across the board. They're going to win this game. It'll be close. I think they'll find a way to grind out the win, but I think Oklahoma State can win this game by at least a touchdown. Yeah. All right, any final one. thoughts before we wrap this one up? It'll be an interesting game. I mean, that's my yep. one. It'll be a really interesting game. Um, I am curious. I'm curious this. Um, I think Gundy's going to stick with Cornelius. But now that we are in the final four games of the regular season, do we at all may see any appearances by Drew Brown or Spencer Sanders? I'm not saying that he's going to... I've stood by this. The only way Cornelius is going to get pulled at this point in the season is if he gets hurt or he has some three, four turnover half and they're just getting embarrassed. And they have to do yep. something different. Um, I think what they did against Texas is has given him some confidence and is going to carry through. But I would be curious to see if we see any sight of Brown or Sanders in any games moving forward, just in any way, shape, or form, just to get them on the field. I, I, I don't know that we will, but I'll be curious to keep an eye on that. Yeah, I could see maybe like in the red zone, like maybe to give a little bit of a different look, kind of like what Oklahoma State did with J.W. Walsh, maybe for something like that with Spencer Sanders, you know, a little bit of the zone read game or something like that. But I think that's about the extent. I don't think we see true reps from either guy, like you said, unless Cornelius gets hurt or he has an absolute, he just lays an absolute egg, you know, for multiple drives in a row with three and outs or turnovers. I don't think we see anything besides that. Yeah. All right, well, I think that wraps this one up. Uh, this will be an interesting game. We'll have a lot to talk about on Sunday. Philip, where can they follow you on Twitter? Uh, you can follow me personally at OKTXAR Poke. It's Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas. Follow my show, the 1012 Pod, at 1012 Podcast. That's at the number 10, the number 12, the word podcast. That's available on iTunes and SoundCloud. We have an OSU Baylor preview on this week. Nathan Ruiz from the Oklahoman joins us, as does Nick Canazales. Uh, from KCEN in Waco. It's a really good preview. Also have a West Virginia, Texas preview on there, and I get to go on a rant about why Tom Herman still needs to grow the hell up. So check that out if you're interested. So you have nothing else. Just listen to those first three minutes and get a little bit, just a little bit more, uh, make you a little more happy about the uh, the win against Texas. 
Uh, you can follow me at JT Penfield. Be sure to follow the main site at Cowboys RFF. We'll have some more stuff of a preview uh, later this week for the game. And then stay locked on the site for the rest of the week. We'll have some good stuff. And we have basketball exhibition on Sunday as well. So we got to talk a little bit about that here pretty soon. Um, I think that's all we got for this week. And uh, have a good one, everybody. Thank you.